Well, amen. And the resurrection certainly has changed everything, has it not? Praise the Lord that Jesus is alive. Well, let me take this opportunity to welcome all of you to the Sweetwater Baptist Church this morning and those who are watching by live stream. Thank you so much for joining us in our 8 o'clock service this morning. Take your Bibles today, turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 13. As you're turning, I want to encourage you this evening uh, to be a part of our worship service. And as you know, uh, we will upload that video sometime this afternoon and appreciate Brother Corbin and all his hard work in that. And tonight we'll be back in our study on sacred sites. We'll be looking at the letter L, the Lion's Gate. There are eight gates that surround the city of Jerusalem, and tonight we're going to the Lion's Gate. The reason we're going there, it was because out of that gate, Stephen, the martyr, was drug out of the city and he was stoned. And tonight we're going to talk about that very first martyr, Stephen, who gave his life for the cause of the Lord Jesus. So I hope tonight you'll join us as we study together uh, we're going to Jerusalem, and we're going to be looking at the life of Stephen. Well, this morning, I want us to turn our attention to the book of Romans. And I want to read in Romans chapter 13, I want to begin with verse 1. I'm going to read all the way to verse 7. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible this morning. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. Let every person... Be subject to the governing authorities. For there is one authority, or there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who, have, who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. Verse 4, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. I'm speaking on this subject this morning, divine authority. Divine authority. May we bow for a moment of prayer together. Father, this morning, as we study your precious word, I pray, O oh God, for our country, a nation in turmoil, a nation that seems out of control, Lord, the only hope we have is you today. Lord, we're seeing all over our country a disregard for authority. And so, Father, as we study this passage, inspired 
by your Holy Spirit. I pray, O oh God, that your Spirit would be our guide and our teacher. And we make this prayer now in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. What a week it has been in the United States of America. Exactly one week ago in the city of Minneapolis, the city council voted to defund the police department. I've been reading a lot about this. It's a very complicated situation of whether that means to dismantle the police force or just simply to defund the police force. The president of the council, some have a chairman, some have a president, Lisa Bender, stated that she wants a police-free society. The very next day in the city of Seattle, protesters took over a segment of the city that is called Capitol Hill. Because of the protesters and because of tensions, the police department abandoned one of their precincts. And now, in that Capitol Hill section, which is about approximately six blocks, it is called a no-police zone. In fact, it has been called CHAZ, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. However, in the, towards the end of the week, it has been called CHOP. The name seems to be changing to Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. There is a sign there, as you go into this area, this Capitol Hill area, that says you're now leaving the United States of America. And then, of course, all that we are watching and beholding just across the state line over in Atlanta, all of the things taking place there as a result of the death of a, a gentleman and uh, police force was used and his life was taken. And as a result, uh, we're seeing uh, protest as well as a Wendy's being burned and just complete chaos. And this morning, with all that's going on, I felt led of God today to preach a message on authority. Why is authority important? Well, what is authority? I think that's the very first place we should begin. How do you define or how do you define authority? Authority is delegated power. Another way you could put it is appointed power. For example, our legislatures and our representatives, those who uh, represent us in Columbia here in South Carolina, and then in the uh, Congress in Washington, D.C., we have given to them appointed power, power that has been given by the voters of our state and our nation giving them the authority to make laws and to approve laws for our good and our protection. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5, that there is one power, one ultimate authority, and it is God. And here's what the Bible says. I am the Lord, there is none else, there is no God beside me. So when we talk about authority, it all begins with God who is supreme, who is sovereign, and all authority comes from him. I want to quote George Washington, if I'm allowed to quote George Washington. You don't know who to quote and who not to quote anymore because it seems like everybody is subject to criticism. But George Washington, the very first president of the United States of America, said this, 
It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. William Penn, who was a great Christian, a Quaker, the state of Pennsylvania is named after him, said this, If we are not governed by God, then we will be ruled by tyrants. Certainly all across our country we are seeing that, are we not? Now the opposite of authority, ladies and gentlemen, is anarchy. It is the total rejection of authority. A state of disorder due to the absence or non-recognition of authority. So what you have in a place like Capitol Hill in Seattle is anarchy because they have determined it's going to be a non-authoritative place. However, uh, now there are reports of those who are demanding money from the store owners, and uh, which this is called extortion, going to them saying, if you want protection, you've got to give us money in order to be protected if you're within the Chaz six-block area. George Washington again said it this way, Mankind, when left to themselves, are unfit for their own government. Now, as I mentioned, all authority comes from God. There is a divine authority. For example, there's the authority of the church. And we know this from Matthew chapter 16. There's an interesting phrase where Jesus says, I give to you the keys to the kingdom. And he's talking about the authority of the church. Lord willing, Wednesday night, I'm going to talk about the progress of the church, that the church keeps moving forward. This isn't the first time that the church has been persecuted. This isn't the first time that the church has been through a pandemic. This isn't the first time that churches have been through anarchy, but they keep marching forward. So there's an authority about the church. There is an authority about the home. Think about your home. If there was no authority in the home, there would be chaos. And that's why children have to have parents who rule over them for their teaching, for their protection, and their guidance. There is an authority about the Bible, is there not? Ladies and gentlemen, apart from the Bible, I have nothing to say this morning. What if I got up here and read out of some kind of a philosophy book or some kind of a science book? But the ultimate authority for our practice as Christians is the Word of God. Now, one of the words that is used of the Bible is the word law. If you go into the Old Testament, Psalm 119, for example, over and over you'll find that word law. And laws are for our good, our protection. You know, a lot of people think the Ten Commandments, God's trying to keep you from having any fun. No, God is trying to protect you, to keep you within boundaries so that you don't run into the ditch spiritually. There's an authority about prayer. When we pray and heaven opens and God responds. So when we talk about divine authority, we certainly recognize it in the church, in the Bible, uh, in prayer, in the Word of God, and all of those are sources of authority for us here at Sweetwater. But what about the authority that I'm talking about today? I'm talking about government authority. 
I'm talking about the authority of our Constitution, the authority of the judicial laws in our land. I'm talking about the authority of the police and the military. Now, I realize that this morning, I'm the very first to admit, uh, authority can be abused. And sometimes you get in a situation where you don't have a democracy or a theocracy, uh, like the kingdom of God ultimately will be and should be, but you get into situations like a dictatorship, and you get into authority that's been corrupted. I went to school in New Orleans, and the New Orleans Police Department is notorious for corruption in their department. And so I realize that authority can be abused, but I'm talking about the right use of authority. So with the help of God for a few moments, I want to talk about authority, divine authority, and what the Bible has to say about it. Number one, I want to talk about the reason for authority. Why do we have authority? Well, in verse 4, Paul puts it this way. He says there, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So authority has been ordained of God. The authority of the government, the authority of the home, the authority of the church, it has all been ordained of God. In Proverbs chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, listen to this wor these words. By me... Kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Now, here's what happens when you don't have authority. You have chaos. You have disorder. You have anarchy, as we're seeing all across our nation. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Many of you have served in the United States military, the branches of the armed forces. Thank you so very much for your service. And we're so grateful. And every week here at Sweetwater, we pray, as you know, for a different person serving in the military. And in the United States military, there is a chain of command. There is an authority concerning the military. So let's say when you were in boot camp or basic training, if you decided you were going to not listen to your drill instructor or your drill sergeant, and he comes in in the middle of the night and says, get up, we're going on a five-mile run, and you said something like this, laying in your bunk, I don't feel like it tonight. I, I, you know, I have rights, and I have decided... They can go run if they want to, but I'm just going to stay right here in this bunk and I'm going to stay in the barracks. Do you think that drill sergeant would come over and hold your hand and say, Dear heart, that's perfectly fine. If that's what you want to do, you just stay right here because we don't want to upset you. We don't want to offend you in any way. Now that seems ridiculous that particular example, but that's exactly what's happening right now in America, where we see a total disregard for authority. Authority ensures protection. 
Authority ensures peace. Authority ensures progress. Judges chapter 21 verse 25. At the end of the book of Judges, and if you go back and read the book of Judges, it is a time of chaos, it is a time of disorder. And here's what the Bible says. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in their own eyes. Uh, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And that is exactly what has happened, and that is the reason we need authority for order, for protection, for uh, the uh, land of our, that we enjoy and love so much to be at peace and harmony. There's a second thing I want to call to your attention. Not only the reason for authority, but I want to talk about respect for authority. The key word here, ladies and gentlemen, is the word respect. Now I want you to look down at verse 7 again. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, and listen to this, respect to whom respect is owed. When it comes to authority, it is about respect. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I want to read three verses, verses 13, 14, and 17. Listen to these words. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now what Peter is saying to these Christians who were being persecuted, scattered all over the world, who were going through great trial and tribulation, he said, we may not like what they're doing, but we've got to respect them. Let me put it this way. Uh, since uh, I was 18 years old, I've had the privilege and the honor of being able to vote in numerous elections. And let's take the presidential election for a moment. And I realize that in this room, we have all different types of convictions related to politics. This is not a political statement. Uh, there are Republicans here, there are Democrats here, there are independents here, there are those who vote for what they feel is the very best person at that time. But during those years, the person that I voted for didn't get in office every time. But you know what? I still respected the office. I still respected that individual. I still prayed for that man that God would give him wisdom and God would help him. And it's about respect to acknowledge their authority and to appreciate their authority. Now I want to share a story with you and this is really going to make you think less of your pastor. And, and I'm so sorry about this. I wasn't always saved and... Uh, I'm going to change the name of the person involved because we're actually Facebook friends. And if he were watching or would watch this video, I'm Facebook friends with about a third of the class of 83 of the York Comprehensive High School. But when I was a third grader at the McKelvey Elementary School in York, South Carolina, 
there was a bully that I had had enough. And I won't tell you his name because I'm Facebook friends with him, but I'm going to rename him Billy the Bully. And Billy the Bully just gave me an awful time. And one day, I was like Popeye. I had all I could stand, I couldn't stand anymore. And I told him, after school, it's going to be me and you. So after school, we go off school property, and we go into a field across from McKelvey Elementary School, and we get in a fight. It was God-awful. We're hitting one another, we're pushing one another, we're down on the ground. Somebody called the police. So the police comes out there. Now, we're just little eight-year-old boys, okay, third grade. And all of a sudden, the police show up. And uh, this police officer gets both of us and puts us in the back of the car. Now, the person that I was in the fight with, Billy the Bully, I almost said his name, Billy the Bully, uh, he was cussing this policeman for everything he was worth. I mean, he was using bad words. I mean, words that people are not even here in their ears. And he's cussing this policeman out. You know what I did? I cried like a little girl. I'm sitting back there. I'm crying. And, and I, I, I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I, he's been an aggravation to me. And the police officer looked at me, and he said, I'm going to let you go. But this guy... I'm going to make his parents come up here and get him. And he said, the police had to be called because you were off school property, you were on somebody else's property, and so that's why we're involved today. And it's amazing how things get tattooed on your brain. I'll never, ever forget that. Now, what was the difference? It was respect. And where do eight-year-old little boys learn how to cuss out policemen? And what was it that he would think that he could cuss this guy out and call him names that eight-year-olds should never be uh, using? Nobody ought to use that. None of us should use words like that. But what was the difference? It was respect. And where did we learn that? At home. And ladies and gentlemen, I was taught to respect authority, to respect my teachers, to respect police officers, to respect those who were adults and used good manners. But here was a man that, uh, or a young boy, that obviously had no respect for authority. And I don't know about you, but when I see all that's going on on television and I watch the news, and when people get up in the face of a police officer, God bless them, they've got more restraint than me, of how they are so disrespectful and so ugly to them. And ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to authority, it is about respecting the office and respecting the person. Number three, very quickly, I want to talk about the rebellion against authority. Look down at verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So when a person rebels against authority... It is a selfish, arrogant, conceited stance against authority. Now, let me tell you why the project, so to speak, the social project in Seattle will never work. Why the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone will never succeed. Do you know why? 
because of sin. We are all sinners, ladies and gentlemen. And because of sin, the strong will survive and the weak will be those who become victims of those sinful individuals who see an opportunity that they are going to extort, that they're going to abuse, that they're going to uh, do things that are ungodly because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. That's why the heart has to be transformed. That's why we all need a new heart. We need to be converted. The Bible says in Romans 3 verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Because I'm a sinner, I need a Savior. And because I'm ungodly, I need a God who can forgive me and transform my heart so that my respect is for authority and my respect is certainly for Him. John Quincy Adams said this, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Ladies and gentlemen, we need God. And so we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, one nation under God. It, on our money, we have that phrase, even though we're not doing it, in God we trust. So when there is rebellion against authority, it is sinful, it is uh, prideful, it is arrogant, and it is wrong. There's a fourth thing and a final thing, and that's the responsibility to authority. Now look again at verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Two simple things that all of us should do. Number one, obey authority. In verse one, it uses the word to be subject to the governing authorities, uh, the, to be in submission to them, to realize, hey, I, I have a responsibility as a Christian to be a good citizen, because part of being a good Christian is being a good citizen, paying my taxes, obeying the laws of the land, as long as they don't violate my conscience as a believer. Second of all, I need to pray for authority. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I, I have a very involved prayer list. And on Mondays, tomorrow, is my day that I pray for those in authority over me. If you could come to my house, open up my little prayer book, you would see that I have the president there, the vice president, our governor, our lieutenant governor, those, uh, our law enforcement. Uh, our first responders, and I pray for them and ask God to help them, to give them wisdom, lifting them up. I may not always agree with them, but I'm to pray for them, 
That is a direct command from Almighty God that we are to pray for those leaders in authority over us. So here we come to a full circle about authority. It begins with God and it ends with God. Jesus is the ultimate authority. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 and I love the way the NIV version of the Bible puts this. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Uh, Ephesians 1 verses 19 through 22. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So what's my responsibility to him? I've got to submit to him. I've got to surrender to him. And I've got to serve him. The book of Revelation, chapter 19, it says when Jesus comes back in that glorious return, that on his thighs a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I love that little chorus. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. I want you to make right where you're at an altar before God. Those who are watching by live stream. The question this morning is this. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Your Savior? If not, why don't you just open up your heart. As Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And ask Him to be your Savior, and ask Him to be your Lord, and to forgive you of all your sins. Ladies and gentlemen, if we ever needed to pray for our country, it's now. Our country is in a mess. And just as Brian said earlier, when you think it can't get any worse, just hold on. And it shouldn't surprise us, because the Bible says, In the last days, perilous times will come. And so, Father, give us grace. We need it. And it's going to be incumbent upon all of us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And these days that we're living in, it's going to test and it's going to prove the real people of God and the real church of God. So why don't you just pray for your nation? Pray for those in authority over you. Pray that God would intervene. We need his intervention. Father, Lord, there are times we don't even know how to pray, and this is one of them. Father, we know who to come to. Father, thank you so much for authority. Lord, there are times in my life that I've rebelled against authority. I didn't like it. But yet, God, in the end, it is a good thing because it's been ordained by you. God, I pray... I pray somehow that you'll give to our leaders wisdom to get a handle on all of this because without without authority, it's going to be anarchy. And Father, today I'm praying 
that, God, you would give us grace as the people of God. It's going to start in churches like Sweetwater Baptist Church, churches all across this land of good people taking a stand for that which is right. God, we pray, we'll submit, surrender, and yield to you because, Lord, you're worthy of our allegiance. We pledge allegiance, Lord, to our nation, but ultimately our allegiance should be to you. So God bless us now, we pray, and thank you for those who have been watching by live stream, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.